about loving people. So I figured I made some big blunders in my life, and I need to read them. <laughs> so anyway, talk to people. That was it. Thank you, Lori. It's fun to give gifts, isn't it? <clears throat> it's fun to get them, too, isn't it? Well, did you all get your workbook sheet? Anybody need one? Does everybody have a workbook? Okay, most of you are familiar with the scripture, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and that's what we're basing this on. God told us to seek his kingdom first. So our focus and our first priority is to be the kingdom of God. At times in our lives, this is really, really easy, as we all know, and at times in our life, this is not easy at all. We have a lot of difficulty with it, and it's a struggle, and it takes um, us to be really, really strong and disciplined to accomplish this because we're very, very easily distracted. I know I am, and I think most people are by something or another. We're distracted from what our main focus should be, and that's on God. So we're going to look up Luke 21, 34 in the Amplified Version. And if you don't have the Amplified, it's up on the screen. It says, But take heed to yourselves and be on your guard, lest your hearts be overburdened and depressed or weighed down with the giddiness and headache and nausea of self-indulgence, drunkenness and worldly worries and cares pertaining to the business of life, of this life, unless that day come upon you suddenly like a trap or a noose. In the King James, or in the New King James, it says um, dissipation, and what that means is the effects of being drunk. And so basically Jesus is saying that the anxieties of life can weigh us down or keep us from our focus, just like being drunk can keep us from our focus. And so that's a pretty, that's a pretty big statement, I think. Um, you know, you've heard of um, how important it is not to use, just use your cell phone when you're driving and that it's even more distracting than being drunk when you're driving. You're more dangerous using a cell phone when you're driving than if you're drunk. Well, you know, that kind of goes with spiritual things, too. When we're distracted from uh, God because of the burdens or anxieties or affairs of life, it's like it's as bad as being drunk. You know, it, it distracts us from what we're supposed to be doing. Um, I'm going to talk about the struggles I've had in keeping my focus on God in ways that I've tried to place God first and trust it will help you. Because <clears throat> everybody, because we have flesh, everybody has to deal with this. Um, as you guys have heard me say a zillion times already, I got saved when I was 15 years old. <clears throat> and when I got saved, my whole life was totally absorbed with God. Um, with his word, his presence, his life, his worship, his family. Um, my conversation, all I talked about was God. Um, I was totally focused on God. I had a challenging um, schedule in high school um, with difficult classes, and I had a part-time job, but still everything about me was about God. All I cared about was God. Um, even though I had, you know, a difficult schedule in high school and a job, it didn't take away from my walk with the Lord. 
I was involved in very few extracurricular activities because I just didn't really care about them. I just cared about God. And I could care less about having a boyfriend at that point in my life. I just just didn't interest me. I just wanted to serve the Lord. Then I entered Missouri Baptist School of Nursing after high school, and it was kind of an accelerated program, and there was just a dramatic shift in my life. The time required to complete my homework um, was just so overwhelming that it left little time for anything else. Need to get that? (laughs) It's a distraction. Although I went to church every week, um, there was just something that I'd lost. I lost that deep, intimate time with the Lord and with his word. Um, I was seeking God first. That was my intention. That's what I wanted to do with all of my heart. But the time required to do my homework would not allow me to do it to the degree that I used to. I missed my fellowship with God, and I believe that that missed fellowship with God during that time led me to marry the wrong person when I got out of nursing school because I just didn't have that intimate relationship with the Lord that I had had. When I was 21, I graduated from nursing school, and my fellowship with the Lord returned to the way it had been because my schedule changed. But as I started developing as an adult, you know, you're... A teenager and then you're adult and sometimes that happens different times for different people you know for me it's happened gradually and is I think I'm still becoming an adult in some ways but um, as I started developing as an adult more of my personality started causing me problems with my focus on God when I was a child I was raised to work um, my family used to call me Cinderella because I was the person that did the work. <laughs> I was the old, I had two older brothers, but I was the oldest girl. We had seven kids, and I did the work. Um, and I also had a wicked stepmother. <laughs> and I was there to work. And I was taught to be responsible, and I was taught to take responsibility. I was taught that my importance had to do with my work. I found out as an adult, I had a tendency to then overwork, to work too hard, to cover for other people's poor work, to work, 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 Um, to work on vacation, to work on, you know, just to work. Um, I have a hard time. I don't know if it's because just my genes or the way I was raised, but if, you know, there's a group of people up here gardening or working in here doing something or putting up the Christmas decorations or whatever, people, there's, most people can talk while they're working. You know, how's your day? My day's fine. You know, what's your kids doing? Blah, 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 blah. I can't do that. I, usually when a group of people is working, I go and work someplace else because I can't, my func- I can't do the both at the same time. I have to work, and then I can talk to you, you know. <laughs> it sounds sad, doesn't it? <laughs> But if you want something done, it's probably me that can do it really good (laughs) because I work. You know, that's what I do. So let's turn to Luke 10.38. And we'll say what Jesus has to say to me. Luke 10.38 in the NIV. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. 
But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And that's on your worksheet. You can see what Martha was doing and what Mary was doing. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And Jesus says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answers, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. That's just one of the most awesome scriptures in the whole Bible, I think. It's about two women. They were both doing something good, but the one that chose to listen to Jesus was doing something better, and that better thing that she chose was not going to be taken away from her. It's because her focus was on Jesus. Her focus was on getting out of Jesus what Jesus had for her. Martha's focus was on serving Jesus, on doing the meal, on making sure everything was done properly, you know, on opening her home, which are all good things. But Martha was distracted from Jesus because she was trying to serve so much. She was trying to work. She was trying to get things right. So you can see the problems that I have are similar to the problems that Martha has, and I have to restrain myself and take control over myself to not work. Um, I have to take control of myself to spend time in prayer, in worship, and his word. You know, if it's time for me to spend time with the Lord and pray or read the word, you know, what's racing through my mind is the laundry or the cleaning or the, you know, getting the bulletin done or whatever. And since my office is at home, it makes it worse because all the work is, all the work is there. <laughs> Before I worked at home, you know, you leave, you leave your work. Like when I worked as a nurse, you leave your work and you're not going to work at your work at home because your work is at work. So it makes it doubly hard for me. So um, we have to do things to make sure our focus is in the Lord. And I want you all to name some things that you all put as distractions for you. Schedule. Work schedule. your work schedule. Anybody else? ourselves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's, um, I've got a list of things because I can think of things that can distract you real easily <laughs> I understand distraction so I'm going to read the list that I wrote okay, and see if you identify with any of these school, search for a boyfriend or a husband your job, 
being a perfectionist, your children, your grandchildren, caring for relatives, friends, the ministry, your personality traits. Maybe you're a workaholic. Maybe you're a sloth, which means that you are never going to get around to it. Lazy, a procrastinator. Maybe maybe you love entertainment and pleasure too much. Uh, the TV, um, the computer, the internet, Facebook, texting, um, computer or video games, your house, house cleaning, house decorating, your yard, sports, your hobbies, your clothes, your makeup, your hair, your pets, camping, exercising, relaxation, and recreation. Can anybody identify with any of those? Has any Have any of those things taking you away from your focus on God. Now, many of these things there's nothing wrong with, and many of these things are very, very good, but we can get out of balance, and we can get out of whack with a lot of things. It's very easily, we can easily do that. Um, Even in our Christian walks, we can sometimes become distracted from Jesus in the things we're doing spiritually. Tony Cook gave some examples in a recent newsletter, and the gist of it was, I'm going to give some examples We can become so involved in worship that we worship the act of worship and forget that we are worshiping him. You hear this sometimes when people talk about, you know, how much they enjoyed the worship service and, and, you know, they enjoyed the music and they enjoyed this or they enjoyed the other or they can't worship God unless there's flashing lights or they can't, you know, it's not about God. It's about the worship. The worship has to be about him. We can become so involved in the end times that we forget we are looking for him. Um, You know, there's people that all they talk about is survival and guns and, you know, getting your survival packs ready. And and everything that happens every day has to do with, you know, putting a time on when Jesus is coming back. And they forget they're looking for Jesus. They're just looking at the times. We can become so obsessed with our faith walk that we forget that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. We can be so absorbed in prayer or getting to a certain place in prayer that we forget who we are praying to. And we can want to see the gifts of the Spirit in operation, but we forget that they are only here to glorify him. So we need to always check ourselves so that our focus is on the Lord. And we all, every one of us has flesh to deal with. And at, at times our flesh or the devil is going to want to pull us away from God. But we need to watch for this, and when it starts to happen, we need to stop it real, real fast. When we let other things become more important than God, they become our God. And I'm going to read this out of the Message Bible. This is Matthew 6:24, and I think you'll be surprised at what it says. You can't worship two gods at once. Loving one God, you'll end up hating the other. Adoration of one feeds contempt for the other. You can't worship God and money both. If you decide for God, living a life of God worship, it follows that you don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes or whether the clothes in your closet are in fashion. There is more to your life than the food you put on in, your bo- in your stomach, more to your outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. Look at the birds free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, careless in the care of God, and you count far more than him, 
to him than birds. Has anyone by fussing in front of the mirror ever gotten taller by so much as an inch? All this time and money wasted on fashion, do you think it makes that much difference? Instead of looking at the fashions, walk out into the fields and look at the wildflowers. They never primp or shop. But have you ever seen color and design quite like it? The ten best-dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside them. If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of whom are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you? Take pride in you. Do his best for you. What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. That said a lot, didn't it? That really said a lot. We have um, a God to focus on. He's our provider. He's everything to us. And we need to remember to keep our focus on him. Matthew 6.33 in the Amplified says, But seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. And then all these, all these things taken together will be given you besides. So do not worry or be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will have worries and anxieties of its own. Sufficient for each day is its own trouble. Hmm. The focus here is on seeking God. We need to always check ourselves out and see if there's anything distracting us from seeking God. If any of those things that we listed are bothering you or keeping you from seeking God, we need to put it in check and control it. Um, you might say, well, you know, what difference does it make? What, you know, these distractions, what difference does it really make? Well, I will show you in Mark 4. The 18th verse, Jesus is talking about the sower sowing the word. And we know that the word is sown in our heart. And in the 18th verse, it says, Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. So distractions make the word of God unfruitful in our lives. We don't want that to happen, do we? We want the word of God to bear fruit in our lives. So we need to keep the distractions contained. A couple of examples of distractions um, causing the word of God to become unfruitful in our life. Um, If you're procrastination... Putting things off, delaying things is distracting you from your focus on God, then it is, make, it is making the Word of God unfruitful. If getting your nails done, your hair done, your pedicures, your eyebrows waxed, exercise time, facials done, spa treatments, all enjoyed, are distracting you from your focus on God, 
then the word of God is becoming unfruitful. If your children's or grandchildren's activities, music lessons, dance lessons, sports teams, scouts, etc., are distracting you from your focus on God, they are making the word of God unfruitful in your life. And all these things we need to find balance. There's nothing wrong necessarily with anything that I said, except that if it's out of balance and it's causing us not to focus on the Lord, then it's, the word of God is not going to be effective in our life. If worries, cares, anxiety, stress, stress, ambition, and perfectionism are distracting you from your focus of God, on God, then the word of God is unfruitful in your life. We have to find balance in our own lives. And I'll go back to the children's activities. You know, say, you know, or your grandchildren, say they had dance, piano, violin, scouts. What's some other things they do? Cross-country, track, swimming, you know. All those things are good, but are you or that child spending time with God? Or is, you know, accomplishing something in a sport or in a, you know, hobby more important? We have to analyze these things in our own lives all the time. Um, we have to find that balance in our own lives. Nobody else can do it for you. You have to look at yourself and see what's going on in, in you. And sometimes if you have a good friend or a good husband, you know, a good parent, sometimes a good child, <laughs> grown child, <laughs> they might be able to help point things out. But we need to find that balance in our own lives. In Philippians 4, the sixth verse, it says, Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And I'd like to apply this to my daily schedule, too. If I get to a place where, you know, at 10 o'clock I have to do this, 10.15 I have to do this, 10.20 I have to do this, 11 o'clock I have to do this, you know, and it just keeps going on and on like that and every day is like that, then I'm not going to end up thinking about whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right. I'm going to end up thinking grouchy thoughts (laughs) and being full of stress and anxiety And probably, you know, uh, forgetting things or having an upset stomach or a headache or eating something I shouldn't eat. You know, we need to keep all these things in balance. And it's amazing how much we can be at peace. The Bible says the peace of God will rule our hearts and our minds then. So we might wonder, well, how in the world can I do this? How can I keep my focus on God and keep Jesus at the center of my life? And these are things that I've, I've worked on myself. The first thing... These are on your sheet. First thing is to recognize the things that distract you from God. And everybody is different. Some people it's, it's the TV. Some people it's being lazy. Some people it's overworking. Everybody is different. Some people it's, you know, texting. Some people it's the Internet. Some people it's, you know, it's a zillion different things because there's a zillion different people. The first thing is to recognize those things that distract us, because then we can know if we're getting out of whack. You know, 
we can recognize it easier if we if we've acknowledged that we have that that pulls us away from the Lord. The second thing is that we need to learn how to restrain our flesh. Our flesh is the thing that's trying to pull us away. You know, um, um, say, you know, I like to garden, but if I was out gardening all the time, working on my flowers and making sure there's no weeds, and it took me away from the Lord, I would have to restrain my flesh because I want that. I want that to look right. I want it to look right. You know, I'd have to restrain my flesh. And just, you know, if I haven't spent time with the Lord, it doesn't matter what in the world it looks like. My time with the Lord needs to be important. So I need to restrain my flesh. And one way that you can restrain your flesh is fasting. Sometimes you can't pull back a little. Sometimes you have to pull back a lot. And some, some just from food, you know, sometimes um, food can be a distraction to us. And sometimes we just need to fast from food or fast from a certain kind of food. Sometimes we might have to fast from the phone or from uh, work. <laughs> so I, uh, you know, I'm sorry I'm not working for the next six months. <laughs> I'm taking a fast. <laughs> you think that'll work? <laughs> But you all understand what I'm saying. Sometimes you just have to cut something off. You know, if you're a, if you're a yard freak and it's just and it's got control of you and you can't spend time with the Lord because you got to get out there and and pull the dried petals, dried blooms off, you need to stop. Or maybe I'll just the Cardinals are playing a big game tonight. Maybe it's sports. Maybe you're a Cardinals freak and your time is taken up knowing all the players, all their stats, you know, every you've got special programs on your TV so you won't miss any games and you record them all and, and I mean, you wear the clothes and, I mean, your time is just obsessed with the Cardinals. Well, just saying, well, I'm going to cut back might not work for you. You might just, just have to say I'm not watching any Cardinals game. I'm not doing anything with the Cardinals this week or this month or this year because it is stolen from my time with the Lord. So you kind of understand what I'm saying? Sometimes we have to fast from those things that um, distract us and control our flesh. Our flesh has to learn how to control it. And, you know, obviously, if your child is taking up more time than than it's out of balance, you can't fast from your child. I'm not saying to do that, okay? Just... (laughs) But you can, you can adjust things to keep things in balance. Amen? And number three, make it a practice or a habit to seek God. Um, most people find that they have to set a time for prayer and for study and for worship of God, or it's just not going to happen because of our schedules. We have to make it a practice, a habit to seek God, have a set time for prayer and for study a special time that belongs to just you and God. We need that. So how can we keep the kingdom of God our focus and Jesus the center of our life? First of all, we need to recognize the things that distract us from God. Second of all, we need to learn how to restrain our flesh, and fasting from those things sometimes is necessary. And third thing is make it a practice or a habit to seek God. And Many times we have to set a time for prayer and for study. Amen? Um, Colossians, the first chapter. I'm going to skip a scripture, Maddie. 
God doesn't want us to miss out on any good things. He doesn't want us to miss out on important events in our families' lives. He wants us to have room for all of those. So in Colossians, the first chapter, the 16th verse, this is in the Message Bible also. It says, For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. So spacious is he, so roomy, that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. Hmm. Everything that needs to be, God has room for. So in our lives, everything that needs to be there, there's room for. There's room for in your life for all the things that God wants to be there. And I find that very, very comforting because, like, I have the kind of, my husband and I are, like, totally different. He'll wake up in the morning just kind of, you know, relaxed. And I wake up in the morning and I think of just ten zillion wonderful good things I'd like to do that day. And it's nuts, you know. And I I can't do them all, you know. I mean, it's a, I wake up, you know, just excited about, you know, all the wonderful good things I could do that day. But I can't do them all, and I have to seek God and find out what things he has made room for in my life. And those are the things that will bring me contentment and satisfaction in him. Amen? So did you learn anything? You going to seek God? Okay, let's look at our book, and let's look at the pledge on the back. This is our higher standard pledge. And this is what we've committed to do. So let's read it out loud. Does everybody have a copy? You can come and look up and look at mine. Okay, I'm going to read it. You guys can read with me. I commit to live a higher standard. You read it with me. I commit to live a higher standard in my thoughts, words, and actions. I was made to reflect God's glory. I will go into strict training to get a crown that will last forever. I will train my mind to think about things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and worthy of praise. The Bible says that life and death are in the power of my tongue. I will use my words to bring life. I will not let any unwholesome talk come out of my mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up, that it may benefit those who listen. God created me to do good deeds and has given me the ability to do good deeds. I commit to let my actions glorify God. I will test my thoughts, words, and actions with the following four tests. Are they pure? Are they fruitful for God's kingdom? Am I in faith? And most importantly, are they motivated by love? People will know I am a Christian by the way I love my brothers and sisters in the Lord. And I am trusting to lead more people to the Lord this year than I ever have done before. Amen. Amen. 
Well, um, we're going to spend some time just worshiping the Lord and putting what we've learned into practice, seeking God. So we'll just spend 10 minutes or so just worshiping God and praying and seeking him. If you know, you'd rather just sit there and read your Bible, that's fine. But I'm going to put on some music and just feel comfortable 